And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. All right, bruv. Live from the ends of T-Dot, we got episode seven coming at you. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. What's going down today? This week, we got the Calgary Flame himself, Jed Anderson's in the building, pop by Studio E, snowboard jibber of pain, whatever that means. And then our boy, Ryan DeRoche, popped in for a little guest appearance, the skate jibber. Hey, <laughs> don't need that one inch grinds and then yeah do you know what it is we're gonna switch over to sports where we're gonna discuss nhl and nba free agency in the rundown and then fantasy football 101 you get me let's go all right before we get started today we want to ask all our listeners out there to like and follow us on instagram at the bunt live and at the bunt on facebook help us continue to grow by sharing our posts and spreading the word to all your friends Before we hop into the interview with Jed, we just want to take a moment to acknowledge the tragedy that happened over the weekend here in Toronto. Skate icon Justin Bokma was killed early morning on Canada Day. It was an extremely unfortunate and senseless act of violence that caused his death. And the Toronto skate community as a whole is at a loss for words and extremely saddened by this. Rest in peace, legend. From all of us here at The Bun, we just want to send out our condolences to the family and close friends. Justin, you will definitely be missed by many. Rest in peace, and we'll continue to shred on for you. Yo, 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 they already know what it is. We got a special guest in Studio E this week. My man, Jed Anderson, pro snowboarder extraordinaire <laughs> slash skater of pain. What's cracking, G? What's good? All right. So the first question we usually ask everyone is uh, a two-parter. Favorite sports moment and favorite skate moment. But since you're a snowboarder too, we're going to go three ways on this one, dog. Jesus. We need three big moments. What do you got? All right. Sports moment. When uh, the Flames were in the playoffs, like when I was in junior high school, they like someone made a remix of In the Club by 50 Cent and they like play it like on game days, like throughout the whole school. That was fresh. It'd be so like, I remember it. They get you pumped for every game? I don't know. I was never like that into it. But like also, like there was like this thing called the Red Mile, like on 17th Ave, where people would just like go and wild out like all crazy. And like there was this like website, I think it was like the Girls of Red Mile or something. <laughs> and like me and my homies would like go on it after and be like, oh, damn, like. Girls are like titties out or something, <laughs> and just like be all like horny, like 12 year olds and shit. So that's probably my favorite sports moment. Uh, favorite skate moment. There's so many good skate moments, but I mean, my first video was Fulfill the Dream and Muska like crooking rails with the boombox is pretty oh, fresh. Oh. I think everyone loved Muska. Can't go wrong with that. Moment. Or like, yo, I don't know. That whole video is like amazing. Steve Olsen. So, okay, Steve Olsen, like. Oh board slide off, off of the, the roof, roof. Oh. apparently his girlfriend filmed that no <laughs> that's what i heard i heard his girlfriend film that shit and if you watch it it's filmed so bad she like i'm just gonna go with it that it's his girlfriend but she like shakes when he's like about to like <laughs> yo it's filmed She's so bad it's actually the gnarliest clip though yeah that dude is a savage and your favorite snowboard, oh, snowboard moment? moment yeah don't try and forget that snowboard moment fam. uh damn
So as a snowboarder, you ride goofy, but when you're in the mean streets, you're riding regs. How the hell does that work? Uh, I mean, I started skating the summer before the winter. I started snowboarding, and I mean, I just like started skating regular. Like that's just like what felt good. And uh, then my brother like started snowboarding that winter, and like just being like a little brother, I was like, oh, I want to try this shit. And like I just went to like take lessons or whatever, and like they just no, it's weird. So does switch feel better when you're skating? Mm, I mean, I feel like I gain more from snowboarding than with skating. So you're, skating is like harder, obviously, and like you have to be able to pop switch. So, so like are you like better like, at switch snowboarding than you mean? Like yeah, I think it definitely like, like helped skating with that. regs made you like a snowboarder. But then like also guy. like skating like I feel like I can like bomb a hill switch and it's like chill. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Like hit or like switch power side. And it's not yeah, that yeah, bad. exactly. Where most of us have to like turn around. Like Max Jeronzi, you see that switch power slide? Whew. I didn't see that shit. On the hill bomb. Say his name again? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Maxime Jeronzi. <laughs> Damn. All right, so explain to us the uh, what goes into a snowboard street session. Like, mm. do you have to like follow the snow around? Like when? Like, like you mean like if there's like a storm or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, go where there's like a lot of snow, but I mean. Some people get like buck wild with like street setup and snowboarding. Like they'll like put a lot of work. I'm very minimal, mostly because I'm lazy probably. And also it's just like, I just don't want to like spend time like setting something up. If I have to spend time setting it up, it just seems like kind of corny. Yeah. Like, so you're not, you're like anti Steve Barra in the snowboard world. Yeah. I'm not trying to like Build make spots. some shit, <laughs> but it's like with skating, it's like you go skate the spot that's there. You're not like, I mean, maybe you bondo it. Or yeah. something, but that's like chill. You're not building full run up. Yeah, exactly. You're like you're not like making something out of nothing. Like you're not like bringing like a bunch of plywood to the spots. But also like in Alberta, like that was big. Like in the early 2000s, plywood landings and grass, like for skaters. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I hate when I see that Edmonton style, like, like the biggest demons. rails. Oh yeah, people hit like 20 rails, but it's into like uh, one door length of wood, and then yeah. they're in the grass. Like, not like sure. so many videos I watched like growing up. And stuff like from Alberta, it was just like rails in the grass. Yeah, but when you're a kid, you don't like it's all the same, too. No, I was you're like, damn, like, like that's so fresh. Like, I was about it. Morgan I, frontboarded fucking IBM 17 onto some wood. Yeah, they built like a whole platform. Yeah, that's insane. Hell yeah, Morgan. So you moved to Toronto almost two years ago now. What was behind the move and what's it like living in Toronto versus Calgary? Moving was just, I just needed to like get out of Calgary. I lived there my whole life. Same neighborhood, like went to the same, it's like, a, it's a city, but it's like a smaller city. So like you see the same people, everything's like super familiar, skate the same shit, eat the same food. I was just like ready for a change and like the shit was getting old. So yeah, I guess that's what like made me want to move. And most people from Calgary, at least like when I was growing up, would move to Vancouver. And like I went, I've been to Vancouver like mad times. But uh, I visited here once in the summer before I moved here, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll move here." Like I had like two homies yeah. that were here, and like I had a good time when I was visiting. And it's like, "Fuck it, I'll just try it out." And then, uh, yeah, and luckily like a bunch of my homies have made the move, so hey. it's like, it's very chill now. It's just like. Well, I made a bunch of friends and also just like 
my good homies from back home pretty much moved out here so it's like a new, yeah, new spot i feel like you and your two homies that moved here started like this huge migration yeah and like the whole calgary scenes and like between like toronto and montreal now yeah it's pretty sick yeah it's sick but uh the biggest difference is i guess i mean toronto's more of like a real ass city it's like in calgary it's like so conservative and like cops like don't have shit to do it seems like so like skating downtown it's like you get like hassled like looking like anything different than like it's like a white suburbia kid like you just like get hassled by like people or like get profiled like mad hard and like out here it's like it's obviously just like a crazy melting pot not to say that in calgary it's not like there is like it's definitely multicultural but it's just a lot more conservative okay. I don't know. I was only there for six months, but like, you probably I feel felt like ninety percent yeah. of the time, I felt like I was the only black dude, and I'm half black, and I still felt yeah, no. people's eyes. Were you guys there nerves. for the same time at all? He had already I, moved, I saw. Yeah, I already moved, but I would come back and visit. Come visit. Us. But I mean, that's like the biggest difference is like out here, you can kind of do your own shit. No one's like really fucking with you, like mm -hmm. especially like like cops too. It's like you can like skate in front of a cop for the most part, and so mm -hmm. that's like nice. And just, I don't know, it's a new city, so, like, a new city for me. So, like, everything's, it's just, like, a new place to, like, yeah. bike around, skate, go to parties, meet people. Just explore. Yeah, exactly. Just shit to do all the time. The one thing I do miss about Calgary, another huge difference is, like, the nature aspect, I guess. Like, yeah. having the mountains and, like, everyone in Calgary, you kind of need a car if you want to do shit. So, like, I had a car out there. And then when I came here, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I don't need a fucking yeah, car. Man's hopped on the streetcar eastbound today. Oh, real Torontonian. Hell yeah. Was <laughs> it a 506? 501. 501. Almost had it. But you can just bike everywhere, yeah. pretty much. Or, like, even, like, skate. And, like, I'm lucky enough to live in a neighborhood where it's, like, I don't even have to go that far if I want to yeah. skate or eat or whatever. It's a cool thing. Still. All right, so you were a part of the Nike snowboarding program for a while. Uh, what happened with them and how come they shut down? Um, yeah, I mean, I was with them for maybe like five years or something. And it was like super sick. Everyone who worked there was like mad cool. And like a lot of skateboarders obviously worked there. And yeah, but I think like basically what happened is uh, they ended the snowboarding program completely. But I think it's just because they wanted to focus on like the skateboard side of things. And like, not. I don't think it's like that they weren't making enough money with snowboarding. It was just kind of like... They didn't need to be doing it mm -hmm. and it wasn't it just like wasn't necessary and like for a company that big i think they were just like well we could like put our money into like just the skate side of things and like make that like really sick so i think that's basically like what happened i mean it sucks but no hard feelings or anything like that for sure so how much snowboarding do you do nowadays um i mean i still snowboard a lot but it's like my main focus like throughout the year is just like if i film a video part like that's like what I'm expected to do you need one part a year pretty much yeah and like get like photos around it's like the same shit yeah. as skating like I guess but it's like with skating videos come out less consistently mm -hmm. which I wish it was kind of like that but I mean as long as I'm like doing that shit then yeah there's no like it doesn't really matter how many trips I go on if I'm like doing my job then as long as the same amount comes out yeah exactly year. and if it's like it can't be like some like bullshit yeah like i need to be like on point but no i've watched some of your snowboard parts pretty insane <laughs> what are you doing out there i don't know <laughs> no wonder you got a mean back three you could fucking <laughs> spin like 10 times on your snowboard 
Yeah. <laughs> but now that Nike, the Nike Snow Program's dust, what are you saying for boots? Yo, I'm. I have no idea right now. <laughs> I'm a free agent. Holler at me. <laughs> yeah, the bunt. Everyone's gonna hear this. So yeah, yeah. Expect a bunch of phone calls. Yeah, yeah we'll I can't wait. Your deal, so. Yeah, that'd be sick. Donovan on the phone. No, 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 no. no. We need more. <laughs> Whatever you're offering, we need more. So on the skate side of things, you're riding for 917, Alex Olsen's company. Uh, what's cracking with that? And do you have any good Alex Olsen stories? I mean, I don't even think I'm skating for them anymore. I don't really know what's good with that. But uh, they like went out of business for a little bit. And I don't know like the whole story, but I'm just like not one. Like I just kind of like stopped getting shit and like heard it was out of business. And I was like, not really one to like bother. To, like, like chase them down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like. Yeah, I don't. So I don't really know what's good with that. <laughs> but I mean, I also like I have no problem like buying a skateboard or whatever. But Alex Olson's story is, I mean, that guy's super cool. I don't. It was pretty like fucked, even like for like the little bit I was getting stuff and like talking to those dudes a lot or like skating with them. Like yeah. it's just so random. Just like oh, like Alex Olson's like sending me like shit. I guess this is fucked. Uh, how'd that even come about? Um, I was just like visiting New York a lot, and he was like kind of starting to get back into skating again like heavy because i think he's kind of like over it for a while yeah it seemed like after that like real chocolate thing he was kind of over yeah it. i think but i like i totally get it like he's probably just like this isn't fun yeah. like but i think he kind of moved to new york or moved back to new york just started like coming around and like skating and like the kids that i ended up or that i was like happened to be like hanging with like he was skating with them so yeah i was just like skating with him i guess a little bit and then my friend was like, oh, I think he wants to, like, give you boards if you're done. I was like, uh, yeah. Like, obviously. <laughs> but, he has his own yeah. radio show, too, doesn't he? Yeah, I think, I don't know what, how often it happens, but I mean, yeah, I think it's, like, skate-wise. Yeah. On, like, that No Wave radio. That's pretty dope. That whole, that whole radio station's pretty sick. No Wave, yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of cool shows. All right, so I was doing some research a little bit earlier, and I noticed that you uh, actually won 2015 Snowboard.com Jibber of the Year. So for our listeners out there who don't snowboard, can you explain what a jibber is? Uh, yeah, first off, that term is really whack. <laughs> I never fuck with it. I never say it. But it just basically refers to street snowboarding. And uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I won that shit. <laughs> right. Is it because they consider like skateboard grinds super short and pathetic, even if like you hell nose no. grind the whole box at Dunbat, but that's a jib in the snowboard world? No, nah, no. Nah, trying like, to hate on that? Hell no. I just had no idea what the hell a jibber was. It's Weird like jibber. slang. I don't know. That's dope though. That. So you won 2015 Street Snowboarder of the Year. Yeah. My man. I guess. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. That's dope, man. Let's get in it. In the presence of greatness. <laughs> I was told by Noah Gotti to ask you what Secret 99 is. Oh, true. I mean, I've been trying to like make shit like t-shirts, like, but like, I just, 
it's just like a kind of like a creative outlet to like make whatever like i just felt like mad lazy and i was like fuck i should like do something with my time so i just like made some shirts and it's just like fun to fuck around with like photoshop and like illustrator and just like try to make shit so it's basically that like that's all it is but i mean also like with like dave and like club gear and like i have like other friends like making shit it's like kind of like why not like yeah it's you have the outlets, yeah, so. yeah and it's like i have like enough like connections with like people that already know how to do that shit so it's like i don't know it's just like fun little project mm-hmm. not really like anything yet but it's cool yeah just to like make stuff and like it's yours right you yeah exactly it. it's like making anything really it's just tight to like have a product that you're like oh i made this shit like whatever mm-hmm. and if people are like hyped on it then that's cool too are you making it like is it just for you and the homies like you wear it yourself kind of stuff or are you selling it as well uh right now I, like i made like a bunch of shirts and i'm just like giving them to like homies pretty much but uh eventually yeah i want to like sell shit but i think it's like, right now i just want to like people to wear it but you got my address eh? yeah oh, nice. <laughs> i got you on one for sure how many boxes do you want <laughs> jesus christ this guy's a fucking savage with the boxes yeah. anybody out there giving free stuff away the address is one f- Leslie. Yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right? Studio E. This guy will take whatever you got. <laughs> so now you have an art studio in Toronto. Besides Secret 99, what are you up to in there? Uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't been like going there that much just because it's been mad nice out. So haven't been spending much time in the stew. But in the winter and shit, like I, it's like the same thing. It's just like when I was here, I, I don't want to like sit at home and shit. So I'll just like go there and like draw or like whatever like just try to come up with ideas or it's just like a good place to like get out of the house yeah. and like go there and like just like try to be productive rather than like sitting at home and being like well fuck like because when i'm not like on a trip like snowboarding it's like mm-hmm. i pretty much have like free reign of my time and it's like i definitely did have like a handful of years where like i felt lost a little bit of what to do with that time because it's like it is a blessing but like at the same time it's like there's like, like no schedule like, right? yeah exactly like everyone wants that and like i'm like extremely grateful to like have that lifestyle at this point in my life but like it's just kind of like something to try to be like all right i'm gonna like leave the house and like go do something rather than like wake up and be like well fuck like what am what i gonna do doing? today like uh watch some tv or what something. am i having like, for lunch yeah know? exactly it's just like try to make like have a little bit more structure when i'm not on a trip so just like pretty much to, like almost just to stay s- more sane and like just yeah get out of the house and like try to like do something like productive it's a lot easier to like do things when you're somewhere else other than home too because you could like yeah. draw and like go on photoshop when you're at home but you just find when you're no, like, exactly. somewhere else you're like a little bit more like engaged in what you're doing exactly exactly yeah. that's and like that was that's basically like the point and like i found like a studio that's like hella cheap and it's just like for me it's like worth it to spend that little bit more money to like mm-hmm. all right like i'm gonna leave the house and like it's get like your going day going office. it's like yeah exactly or like going to like a job and it's like right now at this point in my life like i'm lucky enough like i don't need to have a job to be able to live mm-hmm. like a nine to five or like whatever so it's like i just wanted something where it was like i'm leaving the house to go somewhere yeah it's better to be busy than bored right yeah exactly because like dude I don't know. You can drive yourself crazy if you just have too much time on your hands. Boredom will kill you. Exactly. Or the turn up will kill you. Or the turn up, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like pretty conscious in that regard. I try to like be mellow because I've seen a lot of people fall off that mm-hmm. way. I mean, we all have.
so random question how many followers did you lose on instagram when you posted that picture of you and ben blundell making out <laughs> oh my god uh actually lost like 300 followers <laughs> which is like pretty hilarious and it was like definitely like i don't even know it was a it wasn't like obviously like a real like emotional connection or something <laughs> like it was mostly just like yo people are gonna be so bummed on this we should like just i don't even know it just like happened and i was like this is hilarious like people are actually gonna be like so furious and it's like just like funny it's like yeah. it's something like that like makes people mad like i got like mad dms being like the comments were savage the comments were insane it's just like yo you guys are actually fucked like i'm comfortable enough with my sexuality like I, i'm not like i'm not gay like whatever but it's just like funny that like you do something like that and like i i got like hate mail being like jeez just being like i used to like fuck with you but like if i ever see you like it's just like yo that like made you like that like distraught like you're actually like twisted there's like shit going on in the world like that is a lot more important than you worrying about like some, my stupid instagram posts like you lame yeah it's whack but i don't know it was funny it was just like i guess a little social drunk social experience <laughs> I'm guessing it was all experiments and an experience. Conservative <laughs> ass Albertans giving you the hate because yo in Toronto we welcome that with open arms. You feel me? Yeah, I mean like it is like whatever, whatever people want to do, they do it. It's like I don't know. I think people are just like confused, but it's funny. But like that's the other thing. It's like a lot. Like my follow, my base of followers is like just like snowboard kids. I assume because mm -hmm. that's like where people, I guess, like the majority of people like know me from. Not even like in my personal life, like not really at all. But I mean, like, as far as, like, social media, getting tagged in photos on, like, fucking Nike or whatever. It's, like, middle America followers, I'm sure, that are just, like, not rocking with, like, anything yeah. that is, like, <laughs> a little bit outside the box. So it's, like, I'll even, like, post, like, some photo that I like or something. And people are, like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I need a dislike button. Like, fuck this. And it's, like, all right, like, unfollow me then. Like, And, like, I have definitely had, like, sponsors, like, be, like, you got to post, like, snowboard shit. Like, you should, like, post. And it's, like... This shit didn't even exist like three know, years ago. Crazy thing, right? It's like now I, I understand to. it. I totally understand it, and it is good. And like, it w I totally get that it would be probably beneficial on my end as well. But it's like at the same time, it's like that's not me. I'd rather just like post shit I like. I mean, growing up, I like skateboarders and snowboarders that I could relate to. So like, there is also like for everyone who like is whack. It's like there's kids who are like fucking with it. So it's like sick like i fuck with those kids more than like if i was like doing something that's not me then it's like i don't yeah. know like why just like stupid and like i, I hate following accounts that it's just like blasting yourself like hella hard and like just like shout out to like and then it's just like at all their sponsors or something it's just like yo like relax like we know like who you <laughs> skate for it's crazy how like, like people it's either like one or the other you know yeah, for sure. And you get to make that choice. Well, some people do. Well, that being said, though, it's like... You always tell me some people do. I know some people are forced to post things and, like, they don't have very much choice over their own account. No, it's, like, in contracts. Yeah, like, it fully it's is. Insane. It's, like, you need to, like, per week, it needs to, like, our, like, shit needs to come up, like, or whatever, you know? The worst thing is, like, seeing a box someone got. Like, yeah, that oh, shit's Here's insane. 10 pairs of shoes I just got. It's, it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's, like, that's yeah. sick. I mean, yeah. but it's, like, there's people out here that are, like, grinding hella hard and they're like nine to five to try to afford one shoes and you're just like thanks guys yeah. like <laughs> like what and then i guess maybe i may maybe some kids like fuck i need to like work hard and like so i can like get this shit but i don't know it's just, just weird social media is fucked man like that being said there is accounts where like they post a lot of skating obviously that i like 
but I mean, that's more, I think company based rather than like individuals like growing up and stuff. It's like, you don't, you didn't really know anything about like skateboarders, like really that you were into. Like the only thing you had was like the magazine, the interview or like the video part. Yeah, when we were growing up, yeah. you didn't get as like in touch. It's like with I don't everyone. even want to fucking know what this yeah. dude like is. Seeing their like, families on Instagram, yeah, exactly. And, like, like I don't care. Like not to be insensitive, but it's like I like the mystery mystery part of it. Is yeah. like they're like thing it's like Tom Penny, like yeah, exactly. Everyone loved Tom Penny because you like never really knew Tom Penny, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got to see his skating, but and then when there was an interview or something, you were just like hyped. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah exactly. Now there's way more high likelihood of like finding stuff you dislike about the person just yeah. because dude some people everyone's just so available ruin themselves on social media where you're just like fuck i was like backing this dude but this dude seems really whack actually it sucks but yeah <laughs> Hey, Jed, so last year there was a group chat that popped off with uh, one Lizard King and yourself and a bunch of others. What the fuck happened there? I saw a bunch of drama on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, basically, I mean, we're all in a group chat. Like, there's like, we have a group chat with like fucking 30 people or something. But one of us, I'm not going to say who, obtained some skateboarders numbers. And it's not Bobby, if that's what you're thinking, like... Because it seems like it would be. But uh, yeah, anyways, we got Lizard King. We got a bunch of people. Like most people we'd like add and they'd just like leave or like not get, really give us much. So we're like kind of like got over it. But then like Lizard was like getting like not very hyped at all. And was just like losing his mind pretty much. So then of course it was like, we're going to keep adding him back. <laughs> like It's like a bugging a little kid or something, you know. Not to say that he is a little kid, but you know what I'm saying? It's like. The more that they're giving us, we're like, oh, this is so tight. Like, yeah. he's losing it or like, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, he, like, was really not feeling it. I think he, like, ended up, he might have even ended up changing his phone number at, by the end of it. But, I mean, he started blasting, like, all our numbers on Instagram, being like, fucking call these kids, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we were all getting calls from, like, random skate kids just being like, yo, fuck you. Like, for <laughs> Leave Liz Wizard alone. Yeah, like, for Lizard, like, shake jump for life. <laughs> 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 like shit like that and we were just like god this is crazy but yeah we also had like a, a bunch of other like skateboarders numbers and like like bobby warris was in it for a bit and like he was tight he was like talking back to us and shit <laughs> like i think ben sent like one of his lines and was like yo like hook me up or something like just fucking around he's like oh yo that was a dope line like i like like the front show or something <laughs> like so funny and then like he just leave the conversation we're like well fuck we're not gonna fuck with this guy like he's chilling but uh yeah i'm trying to think of like who else was in there for a bit like Lee romero <laughs> and like spanky yeah there's like a few pretty like heavy hitters it was pretty what funny spanky say i think spanky just like sent like a funny meme and then peaced oh. which was like <laughs> that's pretty tight yeah just like funny but like a lot we facetimed who do we facetime we facetime like david loy or something it, like Colton FaceTime David Loy or something. And he picked up. Yeah. But this is like a long ass, like, we've been doing this for a minute. Like, <laughs> me and Colton used to, like, obtain numbers somehow. And, like, just, like, we have, we phoned Jimmy Carlin and talked to him for, like, 30 minutes. And, like, halfway through, he's like, this is a prank phone call. Like, and we, like, all started laughing, obviously. And he's like, this is Trevor Colton, isn't it? And we're like, you got us. And then, like, for the rest of it, he just thought it was Trevor Colton. <laughs> so it was, like, a double prank call. But, yeah, that's just mad fun. 
But I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So Lizard King's the only one who couldn't handle it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like it wasn't like. I mean, I don't know the dude, but but you guys blasted yeah. him too. I remember all you guys posted his number. Afterwards, account, so. after like after he posted all of ours, yeah, we're like, then fuck it, like we're getting calls. Let's get him. Yeah, I never, I never got involved on the Instagram side of things, but I mean, what was his Instagram? Say if I remember, like he he lost it. It's like I have a baby at home or something. Yeah, he was. You like, guys are bothering me nonstop. Yeah, I mean, I, from like his point of view, like it is like shitty, but I mean, you also realize that it's like there's fucking like fifteen like skate kids in a room like. <laughs> that have like a pro skateboarder's number and they're freaking out. It's like, I mean, it's like fueling the fire essentially to like, yeah, you're getting mad. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. It's pretty funny though. Poor lizard. Poor poor lizard. That sounds funny. Shake jump for life. Yeah. But actually like kids were like, you'll quit fucking with lizard, man. Like shake jump for life. Like (laughs) we're coming for you or like something like you ever come to like Tucson, Arizona. Like (laughs) sounds amazing. Dog, we're never coming there. All right, so we talked a lot about your snowboarding career. What are you up to in uh, in the skate game? Are you working on any projects? Um, right now I'm just like skating like pretty much every day, and then like I don't know. There's always like someone filming pretty much, so just like getting a clip when I get a clip, or like if I got a spot, then we're just like not stressing on it. I have no idea what I'm doing with all my footage. Like I have a bunch of old ass footage too that's just like sitting there. I just want to kind of like put out. I think I'm gonna get like Corey to or like Bacon to like make something and just like put it online so i guess that's like the next shit that's gonna come out but i'd like to get some clips for like the blue towel video and uh i don't know maybe some shit with bronze but yeah we'll see nothing like set in stone though just like skating and trying to like have fun not really like stressing on like getting footage really but i mean it happens sometimes yeah it kind of works out better sometimes when you can just do your thing and skate and then at the end you look back and like okay i have this stuff and i can use it for a project yeah exactly i'm not like rather than be like oh i need to film this part and this part and this part yeah and then you're stressing yeah exactly it's like i already have that side of things with like snowboarding where it's like i'm obligated to like film a part so like with skating it's more a little more chill it's like obviously getting a clip skating it's like a great feeling and stuff but i mean I, i don't stress on it too much if i got a spot then i'll try to go skate it you know all right donald ain't a believer but yo everyone knows rapid fire with the ghost best segment on the show (laughs) yo jed's jed's ready to fire off some shots let's get it popping still (laughs) jed was just asking me about uh Fantasy Football 101. Wondering if he could uh, slip that in first. <laughs> That's when everyone turns off the fucking show. Anyways, let's get this shit popping. Jed, who's your favorite skater? My favorite skateboarder? Oh, fuck, man. That's a hard one. Maybe I really like Van Westall. Liked Van Westall, but I still watch the part. Or like all that shit like all the time. Come on, fam. I know you brand new up in this bitch, but you, you ever heard of Rapid Fire? <laughs> Quick answers, B. <laughs> all right. Fuck. Van Westall. <laughs> Favorite video? Alien Workshop, Minefield, and Toy Machine, Welcome to Hell. Favorite video part? Stevie Williams, DC video. Favorite Calgary Flame? Jerome McGinley. Craziest trick you've ever witnessed? 
pretty much every day I skate with like Bobby or any of those kids, like or Evan or whatever, like at Dumbat for sure. Best feeling clip you've ever gotten? I board slid this double king trail in New York. That felt pretty good. There's just like a security guard, just like not many tries. So it was just like kind of like a tactical mission. Favorite trick? In general, Ollie. Most illegal trick? Bennett grind. Hardest trick for you? Switch flip. Next video part? Online part. Favorite spot to skate? Path. Worst spot to skate? CBC. Favorite local brand? Club Gear, Sam James, Secret 99, Abundance. Favorite local skater? John Lenny, Bobby DeKaiser, uh, Flocka. Favorite artist? Recently been listening to a lot of Toronto shit, so Pressa and Nav. Least favorite artist? That's hard. I, I don't know if I can do artists, but I hate like fucking ska music. Worst trend in skating? First off, using like, if you want to use a fast song in a video part, they just use bad brands, like... That's the only band I guess they know with that genre. Or uh, like Black Sabbath t-shirts. Worst company? Asphalt Yacht Club. Worst style? Cyril Jackson. Softest dude in Toronto? Evan Hay. Last person you want on the sesh? Kevin Lowry. Well, I'll be damned. Holy crap, Ride just walked in the building. <laughs> Welcome to Studio E, little Nigi. Um, I guess you interrupted uh, Rapid Fire, so we might as well throw you in here, motherfucker. All right. Favorite skater? Bobby Warrest. Favorite video? Mood Lighting Studio. Favorite video part? Andrew Allen's 411 part. Favorite trick? Switch crook. Most illegal trick? Crook back lip. Craziest trick you've ever witnessed, other than everything I've ever done in front of you? <laughs> Slosher boneless unitel. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I like the switch nose grind big spin line at the Lakeshore Ledges. Favorite local skater? Colin Passy. Favorite artist? Young Thug. Least favorite artist? Big Sean. Last person you want on the sesh? Neen Williams. <laughs> Worst style? Sebo Walker. Worst trend? Supreme. Artist trick for you? Tray flips. You suffer from the same disease as me. <laughs> No regular tray flips. Actually, you can't do the many stance. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up our interview with Jed. Thanks a lot for coming through studio, you, my man. Hell yeah, thank you guys. Turn the fuck up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Enough respect, Jed. Hell yeah. East End for life. Beaches. All right, let's get it. It's the rundown. NBA free agency. I know last week we talked a little bit about potential landing spots for some stars. And on July 1st, we got some answers. So let's uh, do a little bit of a list and... uh, Save is going to give some feedback on how it affects each team. Number one, Al Horford to the Boston Celtics. Four years, 113 mil. What's it do for him? Yo, after Kevin Durant, I think he was the second biggest attraction on the market there. He got to pick who he wanted. He turned down more money from Atlanta, which was kind of surprising. The OKC Thunder were coming after him, but he couldn't commit there because he didn't know if Durant was going to stay or not. And uh, he decided to take 113 over four with Boston. I think it's a great, great fit. 
for Horford and for the Celtics. Next year, he's going to be playing alongside Isaiah Thomas, Crowder, and Avery Bradley. That's a nice four-man thing. It would have been insane if they got Jamal Crawford coming in off the bench. But uh, look for the Celtics to improve upon last year, and I think it's a great deal. So I watched the Boston Celtics pretty closely last year, having Isaiah Thomas on my fantasy basketball team. And uh, it seemed like this was the one piece that they missed. They didn't have a guy in the four or five spot that could really shoot. They had Sullinger, but, you know, he's a little too ticked to play in the NBA. You know, lay off them cheeseburgers, dog. So last year they finished what I think it was uh, sixth, and they ended up playing Atlanta in the first round. And they lost. Do you think they're going to take the next step and maybe win a series or two? Well, the East is weak as fuck, so anyone could win a first-round series. Not too many stars came to the East, so it's still the same old story. The West is fucking dominant, and they trade between themselves for the most part in terms of stars. It's pretty rare if you think about it over the last few years. Not too many superstars go to the West, go to the East from the West, which I wish more did because I'm sick of these cakewalks to the finals for LeBron. But that's another story. Yeah, you're right though. Uh, they they should be able to improve upon last year and hopefully win a series. I got love for the Celtics. All right, moving on. Mike Conley, the biggest shocker of all, stays in Memphis five years, 153 million, highest paid man in the NBA. Just why? Well, don't knock Mike Conley. He was going to get the max regardless of who he signed with. He just happened to sign with his his home team so they could offer him the most, which is 153. Him and Marcus Gasol are amazing together. They got Randolph coming back. They signed Chandler Parsons, who I think is going to fit in great there. I still think they should try and get like a three-point sniper if they can. It's unfortunate they got the eighth seed and just got dusted. They would have been better served in the lottery, but I, I like this move. It's the biggest contract in NBA history, so people are going to be like, what the fuck, Mike Conley? How the, how the hell does that work? But, I mean, don't don't knock the man. The cap went up. The money had to go to someone, right? And watch out for the Grizz next year. They're going to make the playoffs again like they always do. So just a quick before we move on. If Mike Conley gets 153 over 5, how much does Russell Westbrook get? That's the scary part. These next superstars who are going to hit the market, if there's no lockout, like these deals are just going to be insane and then in retrospect the mike conley deal will make sense right so next year i think the cap goes up again and that that's when you're going to start to see the 200 million dollar contracts for the durants of the world and the westbrooks the baseball contracts yeah yeah everyone's tripping over this it's like dog if you saw a baseball dude who's got a 200 million dollar contract walking down the street most people wouldn't even know who the fuck he is like but, Stop shitting on NBA mans for getting the money they deserve. Now, the biggest difference is, though, those are much longer terms in baseball. They're like for 12 years and 11 years. This is five years for $153 million. That's $30 million a year, if my math is correct, yeah? Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah, but that's bless, yo. Bless up, yo. Get these, get these niggies rich, you feel me? All right, all right. Moving on. You touched on it a bit. Chandler Parsons leaves Dallas, signs with Memphis, four years. 98 and a half million. When was the last time the guy played a whole season? He can't be trusted. I think he's he's a little too injury prone, but looks like Memphis is going for it here. That's a wild one. Yeah, Memphis doesn't want to lay down and die. That's a quote from their organization. And I, I respect them for, for fucking ballsing up and just paying people that they think are going to make them better. Uh, Memphis could be the ultimate disaster of the next NBA season just because a bunch of their guys are fragile and 
had a lot of injuries like i've never seen so many injuries they had they set an nba record for most dudes to come through the rotation all year i think they had like 27 players on their roster throughout the year which is uh just insane so next year they got conley who was dealing with achilles problems all season long he missed a ton of games gasol went out went down for the year you felt that he was on your fantasy team chandler too and yeah, chandler parsons went down too so they're starting five if healthy they're right there in the mix they're right there like four or five seed kind of thing but if the injury bug strikes again they're gonna be a lottery team real quick if they get hurt they're toast if they stay healthy i don't think they have a shot to win the west but they can definitely make some noise with that five well you know if the injury bug hits they always got minority owner Justin Timberlake who can throw on a jersey. I don't know if you remember, but the man wet up a jumper on Kenny Smith's face in the All-Star Celebrity Game. So, yeah, Justin's always on deck. So that's the backup plan, eh? All right, next up, Bradley Beal. He didn't switch uniforms, but he got a huge contract. Five years, $128 million for another guy who's injury prone. What's going on with that one? Man, the Wizards have been kind of quiet considering they were pretty terrible last season. I thought... They'd make some more noise in free agency. And someone was going to pay Bradley Beal. I guess the Wizards bit the bullet and gave him $128 million. But in my mind, that's a pretty bad contract. But they kind of had no choice because I don't think they're really a, a big free agent destination. The man's played 56 games in his first year and 73 and 63 and then 55 last season. That's just, and it's not his fault, but that's just embarrassing. That's just terrible. Like, I don't see how you give a man a max deal who's never even come close to playing a full season. The Wizards aren't looking much better than they were last year. So, and John Wall had double knee surgery, like surgery on both his knees at the same time. So the man couldn't even walk for a hot minute. Who knows what the Wizards are saying next year? Do you think that uh, the thinking behind this contract is the fact that he's still, he's a young man? He's going to be 23 years old next year. Five years isn't the longest, but maybe maybe he turns the corner on the health issue. I hope he turns the corner. I'm a huge fan of his, but I mean, our boy Ludovic drafted him last year. And he felt the wrath. But yeah, like you said, he's a young man and hopefully he turns the corner and the future is bright. But either way, he's getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I guess he doesn't even care anymore. All right, now on to one of my least favorite players in the NBA, Dwight Howard. Nobody knew where he was going to go. A lot of people were thinking Orlando ends up in Atlanta. Three years, $70.5 million. What the hell's going on in Atlanta? Well, uh, I think the Hawks were pretty sure they were going to lose Horford, so they needed to bring in another big. But honestly, I have no clue what's going on in Atlanta. They're definitely, I'm going to say they're going to take a step back next year. They lost Jeff Teague and they lost Al Horford, two of their four All-Stars. They still got Corver. They still got my main man, Paul Millsap. About to be my main man this year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Kemp Bazemore decided to take $2 million less and, and told my Lakers to fuck off. $2 million less off of what? Like 70 Yeah. Oh. The Lakers offered him 72 oh. and he went for 70 I mean, the money's so stupid, people don't mind cutting off $2 million off their deals these days to play for the team they want. But yeah, uh, Dwight Howard, fuck I'm glad it's only a three-year deal because he ain't no five-year ting or four-year ting anymore. Who the hell knows how many games he's going to play next season. Good luck to the Hawks, but I'm definitely a little bit less of a fan right off the bat with uh, Dwight Howard and Schroeder instead of Horford and Jeff Teague. Yeah, they better get to stick them ready down there in Atlanta. <laughs> 
All right, now we'll move on to a team that was that's been pretty pretty active, definitely at the draft and in free agency. Orlando made a move to uh, snag Sergi Baca, giving up Victor Oladipo and a and another asset. But then uh, they go out and sign Bismack Biombo, four years, seventy-two million. I mean, looks like a bit of a crowded front court down there in Orlando. What do you think of this deal? Yo, I'm super hyped for Bismack Biombo. The man better get down on both knees and kiss Jonas Valanciunas and just thank him for getting injured and giving him the stage in the playoffs. His deal wouldn't have been anywhere near this this big if if JV didn't get injured. The man just made fucking seventy-two over four. Congrats, man. We love you here in Toronto. I hope you get a standing O when you come back because you deserve it. You're the man. And uh, much love and money talks. I mean, I knew my insider was wrong on this one. She said the, the man's re-signing, but yo, the money getting thrown around this year is insane. And uh, I just knew Biz was going to get a fat deal and he wouldn't be able to say no. I definitely am uh, going to miss Bismack flying around in T-Dot with that big smile on his face, you know. One thing I won't miss are his free throws, but uh, <laughs> that's a story for a different day. All right, sticking with Orlando, Evan Fournier, five years, eighty-five million dollars. Is it? This is some sort of joke. This list we're going through here. <laughs> yeah, the names we've been going through are at least big names. Well, Bismack's actually a tiny name if you're not a Raptors fan. But yeah, Fournier. I bet you half the casual NBA fans don't even know who the hell he is. He's just signed five years, eighty-five mil. It's raining fucking money in the NBA right now. <laughs> I mean, I hate to to say it, but you might be right. We might be headed for a lockout. My main man, retired NBA player, Gilbert Arenas, broke it down on his Instagram. If you don't follow him, go look him up. No chill, Gil. Best Instagram, whether you like basketball or not. Um, But yeah, deals like this are just... Anyone who's a free agent this summer is just thanking the Lord because it's literally raining money in the NBA. All right. Next up, one of my favorite signings, actually, Evan Turner going to Portland where they needed a little bit of, uh, need to add some depth down there to get CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard some help. Four years, 70 million. Doesn't look too bad considering some of these other numbers we see. How do you think he's going to fit in with the Blazers? That's a really interesting one. And it's hard to say because Evan Turner is really versatile. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, I think it's I think it's a good fit, but the Blazers are just the most random team of all time. Like they got to the second round with one returning starter, and I feel like this year there's going to be even way more pressure. There was no expectations; they were expected to be a lottery team last year. Got to the second round, had a great season. McCollum emerged as a star, and now they're going to come into this season with people expecting them to be stone cold killers like they were last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they they react to teams actually preparing for them and, and not taking them lightly. Evan Turner, I think, uh, I don't know if they're going to bring him off the bench. I think that'd be a nice role for him, being that, that guy who gets it done, makes plays, fucking can hit the occasional shot. He's not a great shooter, but good passer, good rebounder for his position. Um, I don't know. It'll be cool. Seems uh, like a perfect depth guy. Does a little bit of everything, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for uh, to watch the, some Blazers games next season for sure. All right. Last but not least, talked about him uh, last week. There was words that he was going to get a much bigger contract, but uh, Joakim Noah, four years, $72 million to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks have done uh, a wild job, to say the least, reshaping their starting five. What can we expect from the New York Knicks this year? Props to Joakim for getting his money. I'm glad it wasn't the deal that was rumored because that one was just mind-boggling. What was it, like 100 and 
20 million over four years yeah, something <laughs> anyways uh joakim to the knicks i don't mind it at all they got derrick rose over there they got joakim two injured ass bums uh hopefully they get their shit together because i love the knicks i love carmelo anthony i love joakim noah and i love derrick rose hopefully they get a stroke of good fortune and the injury bug doesn't visit them too often they just signed courtney lee and you got carmelo anthony and Kristaps porzingis if uh if all those guys can play around 75 games or more look for them to make some noise and and be like a seven six seed who knows all right before we move on from the nba and head into the nhl it's been a while we're recording here on sunday night and i think we gotta put something on wax it's been a while you ready let's get it all right kevin durant where's he ending up yo I wish we were recording this tomorrow because that's when he's going to let it be known, but we can just put our predictions out there right now. Just kind of more fun. So I think it's down to two. The latest off Bleacher Report is that he's choosing between the Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we should find out tomorrow. Jerry West made a phone call to him. He's their closer on this deal, apparently, for the Warriors, and uh, he's the one who... If he does sign, it's because he put him over the edge and really convinced him. He wasn't part of their actual team meeting with Durant. I really, really actually kind of want him to go to the Warriors just because just because I want them to be the overwhelming favorite and I want them to shit all over LeBron if he comes back to the finals. That's just sad. I was really hoping he went to Boston. That would That would have been wild. But no, he's staying in OKC. All right, on to the next one. Pau Gasol, he's got a bunch of suitors out there. We'd obviously love to see him come to the Raps. What's his take? What's your take? Gasol, I want him to get one more championship in his last couple years. So coming in the Raps, fuck that. Like I, I put like my fandom of Pau Gasol, I put it over like being hyped on the Raps. And I don't think he's if he comes here, like we're not going to be immediate contenders. I'd like to see him go to either the Spurs or the Warriors. I don't know if the Warriors are even they are. looking at him. Okay, yeah. So uh, I want Powell to get another ring. He blessed me with two rings as a Laker, and I'll forever love him for that. So I just want him to be in the best situation possible and, and get paid and get a fucking ring. All right. Not bad. We know now that uh, Powell Gasol is definitely going to wait to see what happens with Kevin Durant. Let the, min- let the uh, money trickle down. What I'm going to throw out there is a team that could use him. Go to Portland, dog. Slide right in. True. That's a really good match. But I don't think he takes them over the edge. Like, I want him to be on a team where it's like he's on one of two teams in the East or West that's favored to make it to the finals. So, I don't know. All right. Change my mind. Go to Cleveland, dog. Guaranteed chip. Let's go. it's nhl free agency time but before we get into the free agent movement before free agency officially started there was two huge trades that went down was popping well something you don't see too much uh in pro sports anymore are those huge one-for-one trades right because you never know if like you're getting the the right value off your one guy but i mean we had two huge ones just days prior to free agency pk suban of the montreal canadians to 
gets traded to the Nashville Predators for Shea Weber. Two, I'd say, top six D-men in the league. If I had to pick a winner right now, at this day and age, I'd take Shea Weber. But the problem with that is, in three years, I'd rather have P.K. Subban. They're just both at different stages in their career. And they're both completely different defensemen. Like, Shea Weber's a stay-at-home D-man. He's going to play on your on your penalty kill, play huge minutes. And P.K. Subban is uh, one of the more offensive defensemen in the NHL. So it's two teams looking for completely different things. And uh, they both got great players, I think. Sad to see P.K. go to the States. Toronto boy playing in Montreal, my two favorite cities. But best of luck, bruv. So what was the other massive deal that went down? So the other one was Taylor Hall of the Edmonton uh, Oilers, former first overall pick, traded to the New Jersey Devils for Adam Larson. Yeah, that's right, Adam Larson. You probably don't even know who he is. A lot of people have no idea why Edmonton made this trade, but you know, this goes back to Edmonton being Edmonton. As soon as you think they're getting a little bit better, they go and pull a move like this. No words for this. I thought Peter Shirelli, the new GM over there, was going to take them to greater heights, but... This one let me down for sure. Damn, B, that sounds like highway robbery still. <laughs> so tell me about the Kevin Durant of the NHL. Stamkos re-signs with the blood clot. Yeah, a lot of people uh, had high hopes Stamkos was going to leave Tampa and maybe come to Toronto. I personally didn't want him to come to Toronto because I knew that it was going to cost us an arm and a leg and put the rebuild in jeopardy. And uh, look what happens. He stays home. I think it's like you always think that the grass is greener on the other side, but he's down there in a great, great program. They have a great team and they're already a contender. So why leave a team where you already have a chance to win and, and you like your home as is? Yo, I just need to laugh real quick. So Stamkos is like, Kevin Durant level. I'm just looking at this deal. Eight years, $68 million. <laughs> it's a poor league they play in, man. Yeah, these mans are getting crumbs compared to my NBA niggies. It's also a lot more guys on the team. So if the salary caps are are close in money, you need more guys on an NHL team than you do uh, in the NBA. Yeah, I feel you. It's just uh, maybe now you can realize you always call the NBA soft and you say it's pathetic. Mans are resting. It's because like, it's they're worth so much goddamn money. They ain't trying to jeopardize that shit. It's These just, NHL dogs are beating each other up for, for crumbs compared to that NBA money. Save that combo for another day. Don't tease me, dog. All right, so trickle-down effect. Stamkos resigns, and then uh, they signed Victor Hedman to an extension down there in Tampa Bay. Two pillars of the team, both on pretty, uh, pretty close contracts, both eight years in the $60 million range. Bright future down there in Tampa. Uh, that's what's up. All right, let's move on to free agents. David Backus, five years, $30 million. Does that sound pathetic too? Thirty million? That's like a one-year deal thing these days in the NBA. <laughs> so Mike Conley might break you off some, Bacchus. No, I think it's a good fit. Like they play a perfect style of uh, of game. The Boston Bruins do for David Bacchus. My only question is, he comes from playing first and second line minutes in St. Louis, and now the big centerman's going to have to slot in behind Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. I mean, the minutes aren't there, and it just seems like a lot of money for a third line center. And now. A former Bruin and Los Angeles King. We got Milan Lucic, seven years, $42 million. Milan Lucic was one of the crown jewels of the free agent market, and I think uh, they must have known they were going to sign Milan Lucic in Edmonton before they made the Taylor Hall trade. It would have been a little clogged up there on the left wing if they had them both. So they went and got the defenseman for Taylor, knowing they had Milan Lucic coming to town. Basically, it's a $42 million insurance policy on Connor McDavid. You touch the man, Milan Lucic is going to be tapping on your back. So I think uh, I think Connor's safe for uh, the next seven years. All right, next up, we got Andrew Ladd, seven years, 
38 and a half million. Yeah, Andrew Ladd had uh, got traded to the Chicago Blackhawks at the trade deadline last year, and I thought, you know what? The guy didn't look like he was uh, his same old self from his former stint with the Blackhawks, but he gets moved over to the Islanders. I mean, they had to make a move. They lost Kyle Ocposo. It's just filling the gaps. I mean, they're trying to make it build a contender around John Tavares, and they're having a tough time doing it. Okay, so you led into Ocposo. He just got himself a seven-year, $42 million deal. Probably the best offensive option outside of Steven Stamkos. Now, this is the guy that uh, I definitely hope the Leafs signed. He's a proven goal scorer in the NHL, and Buffalo got themselves a hell of a player. Buffalo is another team that's rebuilding around the same time we are, and, uh, I mean, their team's taking a lot better shape than ours. All right, and last but not least, hometown hero Chris Stewart, the big man from Scarborough, was popping, yo. Young Scarborough man, getting them checks. I love it. The man's going back to Minnesota. I thought he played some of his best hockey when he was on the team. Fits in well. And, I mean, there's going to be guaranteed minutes. I would have loved to see him stay in Anaheim just because I love the team. But the fit's perfect in Minnesota. And uh, congrats, C-Stu. Bring that cup back to Scarborough, you dig? Bless up, C-Stu. Got to get him on the pod real soon. Yo, Six, work your magic, eh? Hey. Hi, right, boys and girls, it's that time. Fantasy Football 101. Time to learn about the last two positions that we need to create our fantasy rosters. Let's get it. We got kickers and defense. How important are they? All right, we're on to our last two positions here. Kickers and defense. I'm going to do a top five of each just because after the top five, it gets a little bit run down. Kickers, number five, Chandler Catanzaro down at the Arizona Cardinals. High-scoring offense, and that's what you need. Number four, Dan Bailey of the Dallas Cowboys. I expect this offense to score a lot of points, and he's going to be a big part of that. Number three, Mason Crosby. His quarterback is the bad man Aaron Rodgers, so you know they're going to be hitting that end zone. Number four, Steven Hauschka of the Seattle Seahawks. Same reason. I mean, this is becoming redundant. You just want a kicker on a team that scores a lot of points. And for that reason, number one, Steven Goskowski, the team that scores the most points. Tom Brady's the quarterback. Rob Gronkowski's the tight end. What more do you need to know? Damn, but you really love your Patriots. Let's move on to the defense still. All right, now this is where it gets a little tricky. There are only a few good options at defense week in and week out. So you're going to want to try and get one of these top five teams. Number five, Houston. I mean, they got drafted in the 10th round of my fantasy football league last year. I wouldn't recommend that, but they're a good option. Number four, Carolina. The loss of Josh Norman hurts the secondary a bit, but the offense is on the field so much, they don't even have time to get scored on. Number three, Arizona. This is just a well-rounded team down there. I love the coach, Bruce Arians. I see them winning at least 10 games this year and getting back into the playoffs. Number two, the Seattle Seahawks. You can't go wrong with the Legion of Boom. They force turnovers, get sacks, and that's what you want out of your defense. And number one, they say defense win championships, and that's what the Denver Broncos did. If they can get their man, Vaughn Miller, back, get over this contract dispute, I see them finishing as the top defense in fantasy this year. Only a top five, eh? How important are these guys to your team? These two positions are definitely the wild cards. I mean, you always hope for each fantasy position to get you into the double digits, but these are ones that are just, 
it's just unpredictable and it completely relies on game flow and you never know until they start so when do you factor these guys into your draft if they're less important like i said there's only a few top options in each position so if you're going to get steven koskowski i can make a case for maybe snagging him in the 12th round but personally i just take these two in the last rounds of the of the draft i mean I like to stream my defense and kickers. I don't know if you know what that means, but you're going to learn. Why don't you just tell me what streaming is, Mr. Teacher? All right, all right, let me break it down for you. So basically, it's picking up a new defense every week, depending on who they play. So you look for teams with poor offense who don't score a lot of points, say the Cleveland Browns, and you just try and pick up a team who's playing him. The tough part is, though, there there's always at least two or three teams in the league that stream defense. So, I mean, Waiver Wednesday is always, uh, it's always a rush because you never know who's going to be left over and who you're going to get. Wait up, wait up, yo. Pump the brakes. Are you telling me the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a top five defense or kicker? What's going on here? Well, they definitely do not have a top five defense. They have one of the most poorest defenses in the league, to be honest. But kicker, let me explain to you. They would, and I mean, I wouldn't mind having the Pittsburgh Steelers kicker, but they're coming down to a training camp battle between Sean Swisham and Chris Boswell. So we, we're going to have to wait and see who wins the job, and I mean, he could slide right in anywhere between the four and six spot. Sean Swisham, eh? <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up episode seven. Huge thanks to Jed Anderson and uh, Ryan DeRoche for stopping by Studio E. Love to have you guys anytime. And uh, RIP to Bokma, this one was for you. Hell yeah. Thanks again to our guests. Thanks for everyone who listens. Don't forget to share and spread the word. <laughs> Yo, The Bunt signing out. Catch y'all next week. <laughs>